You're listening to the Bright City Podcast. To hear more about our gatherings, groups, and what's going on in the life of our church, visit brightcity.church or follow Bright City Church on Instagram. Today's message is from Pastor Nick. Hi. Oh, God. We have got to go to two services. I'm sorry. I'm a person of personal space, and so I just, on behalf of someone who values their personal space, I'm praying for each and every one of you. Uh, I've been told that my sermon should be 10 minutes, and so I'm going to try to do that. But before we get to the sermon, uh, just this is an incredible day. Uh, when Alexandra was hired uh, for Bright City, I looked at her and I said, in our first meeting, and I said, hey, or she, she actually asked, like, all right, what's the, what's the dream? What's the goal? Where are we heading? And I was like, I need to just tell you right now before we do anything else. Step number one is ordaining Jess Connolly. Yeah. It has been an incredible honor to be her husband and pastor in this season. But one of the things that I loved about our marriage and loved about uh, her ministry is that it's, it's bigger than our marriage. Like, it's not just because she's married to me. Like, these are things that God put in her, in her mother's womb, and they have unfolded um, in the kingdom of God and in the local church. And so what really is incredible about this moment is I'm, I'm just doing and acknowledging what God's already ordained. Like, I'm just just saying, all right, God, we, we saw what you saw a long time. You know, we see it too. And so this is just an incredible thing. And so what our heart is today is our heart is to lay hands on her as is a custom in the New Testament and to ordain her as the pastor of Bright City Church and or as a pastor of Bright City Church. And one of the most incredible things about this moment is that she is literally the first ordained pastor of Bright City Church. Which is incredible. My, my, yes. I was telling my kids this last night, and they were like, wait, so you're not ordained? And I was like, yes, I am. I just didn't get ordained here. Um, and so it's just an incredible honor. So before we do all the fun stuff, I want to read a passage of Scripture. And actually, somebody brought it up in prayer this morning, and it's just super affirming to me. Is uh, This is Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. It says, now these are the gifts of Christ. Uh, Christ gave to the church, the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And so what I love about this is this idea that the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ, the ascended Christ, the resurrected Christ, gives good gifts to men and women within the church, for the church. And then what happens is, is that gifting in these men and women become gifts to the community. And so, Jess, as I've watched you over the last 10 years, like you've just been a gift to this community. Uh, One of the things that you need to know immediately about us and our marriage is that she loves Jesus and and his church and what he's doing more than me. And the example that I always give is there were some days in those early staff meetings and, and we would call them robust discussion. Uh, We would call it uh, just direct conversation. Uh, But other people in the room would be like, okay, this is a marital fight and we need to get out. And what it would be around, it it would be around, you know, what is God's will and God's heart for this moment? And I'm confident in 
excited to tell you that she values his will and his way way over my way, which is an incredible thing. And so she loves Jesus and his church. Another thing that I love about you is that you love and care for our people, this people. Um, she has just been an incredible force of care and love for uh, if you've come in contact with her in this community. But also I, the things that you don't know is that she loves people who have been super unkind to her. Like she's loved people to the very end of people who have just rejected her and, and have walked away from her. And so I just love that you love people when they, when they are what you're supposed to do and love them in obedience, but also even when they don't love you back, you still uh, love them. And then the last thing I love is your heart for the greater church family. Like you, you just tell people all the time is that you want to see renewal and abundance in every church, not just ours. And so one of the things that I, I, I see in her and we'll see in other pastors who will be ordained in this body is that they feel called to serve here and they feel blessed to serve here. But their heart is for the kingdom of God and the church of God. And so whether that's in Africa, Europe, or wherever it is, is, is there's a heartbeat that's bigger than this room. And Jess, you have it. So Jess, will you come up? All right. So I'm going to say some things. And then I'm going to allow you to say some things after I bless you. And then we'll pray over you. Is that cool? All right. Today, Jess Connolly, I ordain you as a pastor at Bright City Church in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. His calling on your life is far greater than this church, but we honor you and call you to pastor today in this church. And this is something that I say over the kids, but what I love about it in this context is this is thousands of years of lineage of priestly blessing, and so I want to say it over you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Friends and family, I give you for the first time, Pastor Jess Connolly. <laughs>
and I've, I've placed you with him on purpose to lead alongside him. And um, so my encouragement for you is this, is like, do not block God's call on your life. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that, all of that was fear, you know? All of that was fear about what it would look like to be obedient. And when I think about you guys, um, and I did ask him if I could just say something really quick, if I could just tell you what changed my mind, I would say it would be watching him pastor and knowing that that's what it looks like. I want to learn to do that well because he's so humble and he's such a good leader. Um, I would say number two is God, that God changes hearts and minds and God changed my heart and mind. But I would say really most of all it's you guys. Um, that I like, I'm so, I love y'all so much, and I feel so called up to love you well and to lead well. And I don't know how to do it, and I'm, and I'm learning every day. Um, but do not block God's call on your life because there is wild blessing and wild healing and wild joy and wild love that comes when we're obedient to God. Um, so thank you very much. It's going to be an honor to be your pastor. All right, now we're going to lay hands and pray on our actually what I would love to do just because of fire code and all the things if everyone could stand and just if you feel comfortable extending an arm and then the staff and Gibson to young come around. Don't don't drop this one. (laughs) This one's pretty. Father, we come today to set apart this woman, mm-hmm. my daughter, but she was your daughter first, yep. to go and tell the good news, the gospel. As we set her apart, we pray that you would set apart every component of her being. Father, set apart her eyes, equip them to see Jesus yep. in all of scripture. Yep. Set apart her lips to continue speaking the truth with boldness and clarity but wisdom and gentleness. Set apart her ears to hear what you have to say to her from your spirit, to hear the needs of your people and to hear your guiding ways in the way that she shepherds. Mm -hmm. Set apart her heart so that it beats with warmth and love, love for the lost Mm -hmm. and warmth for these precious people whom you've entrusted. Set apart everything you have gifted to this woman, Jessica Ashley Conley. Heart and mind, body and soul. Mm -hmm. And fill it with all that she needs to keep fulfilling the glorious task that you have given her. We are not able, Lord God. And so we come to the one who is able. Mm -hmm. And we pray that as we set her apart, that you by your Holy Spirit would make her able for all that you have in store for her. Father, we ask these things as we set her apart, but as you have already set her apart from day one. In Jesus' name, and for his sake, and for his glory. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Now somebody's got to preach. Oh, Lord. All righty. All right, so this is my TED Talk, and I was instructed I've got 10 minutes, so time me in the name of Jesus. These are my four prayers for the next 10 years of Bright City Church. 
and I have no fancy intro, I've got no fancy outro, like I've got no story, I've got no thought-provoking question to ask you. All I have for you this morning is four prayers, but in no surprise, they are rooted in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. So what I would love to do is I'd love to read that, and I'd love to give you the four prayers. And here's the most beautiful thing about these four prayers, is that I don't care if Bright City is your home church. I don't care if you're just stopping in. I don't care uh, how you're doing your life and where you are in your journey, because if you're here or somewhere else, these are going to be prayers that revolutionize your life and change your life and compel you in into the next 10 years of who God's called you to be. Amen? All right, let's read. You are the light of the world. You might want to let me read this one because we're going to get to the part. I appreciate it. For 10 years, for 10 years, I prayed for a church to talk back. Like I was like an amen. Pastor, you're doing great. Like preach. Come on. And even, I mean, you guys are on it. And so I, I'm, I'm going to read a little extra today. And thank you. And so it, it might, I'm, you can join the journey. I'm just saying it's going to get awkward in the middle. So you are the light of it. Just receive in this moment. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And so this is Jesus. He's rooted this in the Sermon on the Mount. And what's incredible about this moment is is he's giving some hard teachings to say. Like he's saying, hey, there is a blessed life that is ahead. But I I promise you it doesn't look like this world. But one of the most beautiful things is that when you enter into this blessed life, you are not going to look like the world either. In fact, you're going to look like a light. You're going to look like a city on a hill, and it's going to be one of those things that people see, and when they see it, they're going to want to worship and glorify your Father in heaven. And so the four prayers for the next 10 is, so the first prayer is that you would be more secure in your identity, that you would be more secure in your identity. So Jesus starts it off, he says, you are the light. And this would have been a profound thing to say in this moment, because in John's gospel, Jesus is identified as the light. And one of the things that happens in John's gospel is that it talks about John the Baptist down a little further and it says that John was not the light and he never would have called himself the light. He would have never put himself in the same sentence as the light. And so there's this differential between Jesus and everyone else. And so when you get to Matthew's gospel, when he says that you are the light of the world, here's what it's rooted in. It's rooted in John 1 verses 5 and 9. It says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, is coming into the world. And so when Jesus is saying, you are the light of the world, he's making a profound statement over their life and the followers of Jesus. And what he was saying is he's saying, hey, the old way is not going to do. You're going to have a new identity. This is not about a religion that I'm unfolding. This is about a relationship that's going to change the world. And so when you are the light... It's going to mean that you are going to have the light in life of Christ shining brightly in you. 
And so you're going to have this new identity and you're going to follow Jesus in an incredible way. And it's going to be by faith. And that by faith is going to create a new life and it is going to shine for all to see. And so one of the things that I love about light, and this is where the security comes in, is I think sometimes we falter in a light the more uncertain the days get, right? Like the darker the, day, the, darker the days get, we're like, oh, this world. Like, oh, man, this, this, the news and the, the Facebook. And, and like we, we start to rattle off all these things that are wrong with the world. And Jesus is making an astounding statement in this moment. He's saying, hey, you are the thing that's right in this world. And what is most beautiful about that is the darker it gets, the better the light shines. And so as a church, as a people, we don't need to be offended by the world because actually the darker the world gets, the more our identity shines. Like, do you, do you know who you are? Because if you are secure in knowing who you are, you don't care how and what direction the world's going because you know that God has given you the identity and the antidote to shine in the dark. And so he starts off, he says, you are the light. And so Paul elsewhere in his letter to Philippians, he says, hey, think of it like stars, right? Like the stars are out. But when do we see the stars? When it gets dark at night. And so Jesus has an extended and amazing identity for you to walk in. And one of the most amazing things about the identity is that you are the light for this world. You are the antidote for the anxiousness that you feel about the world. You are the light that's going to shine in the darkness. And one of the most beautiful things about being this light is you won't find rest and peace until you live out this identity. Like there'll be an angst inside of you until you walk in the light. And so you need to be secure in your identity. Don't forget your identity. Don't forget who you are. You are light. And even just pausing right now just to say is that when you are in seasons of darkness and sin, that's why your body is not at rest. Because you know you were not created for that life. You were created for the light. So may you be secure in your identity. The second thing is may you be more aware of your mission field. So he says not that you are the light of Chuck E. Cheese, even though that would be great, or you are the light of so-and-so place in a specific little corner. He says that you are the light of... Of the world. So he doesn't just tell us who we are, he tells us where we should shine. And this would be super stunning for a group listening to this because they thought that their world was like Jerusalem and in this itty bitty place on the map. And Jesus was turning their attention to something greater. He was saying, Hey, there is a world out there that is bigger than your tiny little corner. And so when he says this, he's saying, hey, you are the light of the world, not merely in Jerusalem, not merely in Charleston. You are the light to the ends of the earth. And so for you and I, we have a global calling. You have a global calling. One of the things I love about Charleston is, is the destination. It's the dream. You're like, oh my gosh, we could just move here. We could live near the beach. And then if you live here, you know that you can't go to the beach. Like, I don't even know the last time I've been been to the beach. I'm like, is that still there? Is that still a thing? Like, is that, is that still happening? Like, this is not the destination. The ends of the earth is the destination. 
the world is the destination. And so where God has he's, he's called you to be the person of the light, to shine where? To the ends of the earth. And so for you and I, we have a global calling that might manifest locally. How do you find the ends of the earth in your city? How do you find the mission field that God has called you to in this world? May you be more aware of your mission field. And then there might be some of us that God is actually calling us to the ends of the earth to relocate. I think the first 10 years of Bright City Church, we had a lot of hard goodbyes because people were leaving for the wrong reasons. What if there would be the next 10 years where we have hard goodbyes because people are going to the ends of the earth? Where has God called you to shine your light in the global calling that he has for you? I don't know if you know this, but the nations exist in Charleston, South Carolina, too. The nations exist here. May we be aware of the nations here and aware of the nations afar. So more secure in your identity, more aware of your mission field. Thirdly, more convicted if hiding more convicted if hiding. And so what is Jesus says? He says, I light the lamp and I don't put it under a bowl. I put it on a stand. And when I think about the local church, I think sometimes a lot of us are just hiding. We're like trying to play small. We're trying to play where maybe we can't be seen. And Jesus is like, hey, you're not made to hide. You're not made to be alone. You're made to be displayed together for the world to see. Um, just recently we had the storm and I spent like way too much time putting some outdoor lights out in the backyard. And it's, it's really pretty and special and beautiful until a branch hits it. And then it's like, okay. And then, so I had to re put them back up. But one of the things about lights is that they're in a strand and they work better when all the lights are shining. And it's the same with the local church. Like technology has gotten better where we don't have the one light that burns out on the Christmas lights and said, we've got to replace the whole strand. Like you might not know that life. Like I I was about that life. Like I knew that life. Like you, 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 Christmas, the anticipation was not of Jesus or Santa Claus. It was like, are the lights going to work? Like is the whole strand bad? And so for us as a church, The brightness of this community depends upon all people shining. And so if you are hiding in your life, if you are hiding in your calling, if you are hiding in your gifting, if you are hiding in the club because you're in sin, if you're hiding and not living in the light that God has for you, you are not being the light displayed for all to see. And so Jesus is saying, hey, you're not I didn't purchase you to hide. Step into your community and relationships. Step into your call of generosity and blessing when it comes to other people. Step into your gifting and see God move. May you be more convicted if you're hiding. And lastly, may you be more convinced of your audience. May you be more convinced of your audience. He says, may you glorify the Father. So what happens here is that they're going to see your good deeds. They're going to see how you live. And because of that, they're going to glorify the Father. And I think one of the things that's happened within the local church is I think people are burned out within the local church because they are living a life for the approval of others rather than the audience of the Father. 
Like that's like what happens is, is people are like, man, I don't like living under this brand and this person and this pressure anymore to which I'm like, hey, you shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. Like we serve the father. We live for the father. And as we live for the father, people see the father in us and they worship the father because of the life we've lived. How incredible is it that the life you live is going to transform someone's eternity? Like worship is a sign of faith. It's a sign of new identity. It's a sign that someone says, I was worshiping the world and I was worshiping not God. And now I am out of the darkness. I have run into the marvelous light and I am worshiping the father now. And so for us, we've got to be more convinced of our audience. We've got to be more convinced of who is actually in control of this thing. Uh, this year, um, the word, does anybody do the word of, you have a word for the year? Anybody? Some of you are like, yeah, I knew he was cheesy. <laughs> Pastor with the word of the year. Listen, I have acronyms for my words sometimes. It's like, it's just how it be sometimes. And so my, mine this year was rebuild. And I, and I really do feel that, that God is literally tearing down in my life to the foundation so that he can build something better. I just do believe it. And so my verse that's rooted me in that is in Psalm 127. And this is the first part of verse one. It says, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. And so I am so grateful for the video and all the things. But when I step back and when I look at what, what's happened to Bright City for 10 years, it's like it, God did. God built it. I turned to Jess because there was some discussion this week that I'm a deflector. And that when people say, hey, this, this, that, that. And yeah, yeah. Why do you always say God? And I said, I'm going to start saying thank you. But I need you to know in my mind, when I say thank you, the Hebrew of thank you is God did. Is that's what I'm going to tell myself is that's not true. You're like, my pastor today said that the Hebrew of thank you is God did. And that's, that's, that's me. That's mentally me. I'm like, thank you to other people. But what I mean is that God did it. God wants to do it. First Thessalonians 524 says the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And so as we're thinking about the audience, as we're thinking about the next 10 years, it's, it is rooted in God and it's going to be because of God. And so the same thing is for your life. Like if you were living a life in your own power, in your own self, and for your own selfish reasons, it will disappoint. But a life for the Father will deliver you into abundance. It just will. So may we be more secure in our identity, more aware of our mission field, and more convicted if we're hiding and more convinced of our audience. That's the next 10 years, Bright City. That's the next 10 years. Let me pray for us. Father, I ask that you would be with us in this time. I pray that you would just help us. Um, God, I just pray that if anybody is hiding, Lord, I just pray that they would feel the safety and the grace to come out of hiding, Lord. I just, every time I read about you embracing someone in scriptures, it's, it's just a party. It's a celebration. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. It's just one big party. So God, today, as we're doing this, as we're worshiping, if people are ready to come out of hiding, God, let's celebrate. And Father, I just pray that if anyone has uh, just not yet seen the light of Jesus and is ready to 
profess that they believe in the light of Jesus this morning, God, I just pray that today would be step one of an incredible adventure for their life. Father, we pray that you would just pour in new identity and vision and direction, and that in this new identity, they would see you do miraculous and wonderful things, starting with their heart moving from death to life and life to abundant life. Father, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening in to Bright City. If this was encouraging, we'd love for you to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're an owner at Bright City, you can give online at brightcity.church or on Venmo to Bright City. Before you go, we'd love to speak this benediction from Matthew 5 over you. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We love you, Bright City.